This podcast of Art to Lunch is brought to you by Balance Integrative Health, a medical clinic where traditional and alternative medical practitioners work together to treat the whole you. Insurance accepted. Go to bihnola.com, write Out to Lunch in the coupon code, and get 20% off your first visit to Balance Integrative Health. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers' Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Glad you can join me for Out to Lunch. Somewhere along the line of human evolution, we figured out that if we're going to survive, we have to attract a mate. From that realization, it was a short step to hip sunglasses and designer bra straps. It may be oversimplifying the history of fashion and natural selection, as my guests on Out to Lunch will explain. Uh, Sterling Barrett makes hip sunglasses, and Lisa McKenzie makes designer bra straps. Lisa is the CEO of Ula Bra. Ula Bra has 65 different fashion bra straps that you can switch out, everything from rhinestones to pearls and beads. In 2013, Ula Bra won the first place award in the Idea Village's Entrepreneur Week Salesforce Challenge. Uh, Lisa, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Sterling Barrett is founder and creative designer of Cruda Optic, uh, designing hip sunglasses and manufacturing them using high-quality frames and high-end lenses. Uh, you can spot Cruda Optic sunglasses on faces around the world, but their inspiration is all New Orleans, captured in the names of styles like Toulouse, LGD, and The Fly. Sterling, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me, Peter. You guys are pushing us fashion forward. Uh, Sterling, I first heard about Cruda Optic when we featured your company in the Pay It Forward segment of a past show, and I was fascinated to discover that besides having your sunglasses on sale in stores, you sell them via virtual shopping cart online and a real shopping cart around New Orleans. You have a mobile display case that you take to events and man yourself. We hear a lot about the benefits of vertical integration in business, but it's hard to imagine your competition at Ray-Ban or Persol being as vertically integrated as uh, Cruda Optic. How did you jump into this? Uh, did you have a passion about the business because you love sunglasses, or did you start out with a plan for going up against the industry giants uh, like Ray-Ban? Well, a lot of great questions there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, as a whole crew kind of grew out for me, I was an artist, still am an artist, and I was really struggling with a little bit of a thing in the art world where to be successful, you still have to be discovered, and at the same time, it can be taboo to promote yourself. So I was looking for an outlet where I could be creative, be an entrepreneur, and still pursue passion of design and creativity. So when you really come down to it, I was, I was and still am a photographer. And there's not a really a huge difference between line and perspective in photography and designing sunglasses, which is ultimately composing line and perspective on somebody's face. So there's a kind of an interesting crossover there. And I've always had a real passion for fashion forward eyewear. And where, where are these all made? 
All of our products mean sourced in Italy. They're designed in New Orleans and they're shipped here. We're hoping to bring at least the assembly process to New Orleans in the next couple of years. But um, the whole product is quality, 100 point inspection. We only use the best lenses. And the frames are actually meant to mold to your face over time for a fit that'll last. I'm getting smarter at this. Now, Lisa, here's a subject I know even less about. There's, uh, I'm going to be great at the bugs section, by the way, <laughs> later. But Lisa, women have long prized quality underwear from functional corsets to uh, fine lingerie. But you've reinvented the segment of the market by turning underwear into outerwear. Uh, you design bra straps that are meant to be seen. Something that has always been intended to be hidden or at best subtle is now a designer accessory. Uh, now, with hugely successful companies like Victoria's Secret uh, populari popularizing lingerie, what do you think, uh, no, why did nobody really come up with this idea before? Sarah Jessica Parker on Sex in the City, okay. I think was the first one to make the exposed bra strap part of outerwear, where uh, the bra now became part of the outfit. And so the country and the world tried to duplicate that look by exposing a bra. But I would say that 99% of the population failed in that attempt because bras that are exposed generally are tacky. And so you either have an exposed bra or you wear a strapless bra where you, you, you see women who are tugging at their bra all the time because it's slipping. That's what's going on? Yeah, okay. that's what's going on because there's such a thing called gravity <laughs> and uh, women need straps to hold up their bras. It's a fact of life. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable to wear a strapless bra. So what happens is women will go out and they'll buy clothes that involve the strap. And you either have to show the bra or wear a strapless bra. So we allow you to show the bra strap off in a tasteful way that looks like jewelry, but is actually supporting the bra. Now, uh, I know we're on radio, but you're wearing something very pretty. It's, it's like pearls. Uh yes, I'm wearing pearl bra straps. I could show you. Your uh, listeners can't see, but it's attached to my bra. And it's holding up just like straps, but I could let my shoulders show in a tasteful way. Now, do you take the existing bra strap off, or does this wrap around? The yeah, you take it off. It has to be uh, a strap that can be removed and replaced with my straps. Wow, I still don't understand why nobody else thought this up. I don't know. I'm pretty lucky that I'm in a Are niche you market. Or how did that, I <laughs> what on earth would that sound like? I have okay. a patent on a product, actually just came from my attorney's meeting just a couple minutes ago, um, that is an accessory that works with my bra strap. But I have an unpaved, I have a, I have a huge territory to still... Um, conquer worldwide. I'm in 300 stores right now, and I've got a couple international um, stores that just signed up, and I'm working on some very large deals right now that um, are on you know a mass scale. So it's exciting. And any idea what percentage of your sales are uh, online? Um, I want to say that probably 15% of my sales are online, and, I, and the strategy for my company has been to hit the boutique market. I have made the product available at a wholesale price to upscale boutiques so that they could offer the product alongside with their outfits that they're selling that involve the bra dilemma, whether it be an off-the-shoulder shirt, a halter, a strapless dress, a dress with spaghetti straps. They're selling those clothes to customers, and customers are asking, what bra am I going to wear with this dress? The bra dilemma. The broad dilemma. I've been worried about world peace and interest <laughs> rates, but this is a this is a new one. I'll, Every I'll, woman can relate with the broad the, dilemma. Now, now, Sterling, that's not your problem, but you have uh, probably have other other issues you're dealing with here. Where are your sales really taking place? Mo majority of our sales are wholesale, similar to Lisa, but. We do do a lot of online sales. We're shipping internationally and to almost half the U.S. on a monthly basis. And I would probably say in a percentage-wise, it's about a fourth of the business is online. But our margins are better because we're not selling wholesale. 
And how do you compete against, um, there is no big boy bra strap business, but I guess there, there's certainly big, big boy uh, sunglass business. How do you, how do you fight, fight your way into there? Well, you had talked about the crew cart, which is our one-of-a-kind three-wheeled tricycle mobile display case that we take around town, and that's something you obviously would never see a big boy <laughs> playing with. Uh, but it's actually, majority of eyewear companies are owned by two major conglomerates, from your Ray-Bans, to your Oliver Peoples, to your Persoles. It's Lexotica and Cifalo Group are the two major... Well, those are giant corporations. Yeah. Giant corporations. They own pretty much the whole market. Any eyewear that you buy from, they own Sunglass Hut and LensCrafters too. So anything you buy from there, they have made. Um, so the consumer as a whole is getting a little more savvy and looking for the independent eyewear market, something that's a better quality, a better value, and more independent and unique. So we're not competing with the big guys. We're, we're playing on our own field. And luckily it's the fastest growing segment of the eyewear market is the independent eyewear. So we're poised well to do that. And then the crew card is just another way that we do that locally. It's a great way of telling potential customers what the brand is before they even walk up and see the sunglasses. I like the fact that you've used all these, uh, these New Orleans terms and iconic spots like the fly and... Yeah, so, so all of our frames are named after New Orleans street names, parks, neighborhoods. This club master right here is LGD for Lower Garden District. But more importantly, Crew expresses the culture of New Orleans. Like I always say, Crew is a New Orleans brand, and what I mean by that is that we're a melting pot of a lot of cultures that have been here for generations, and the best way to relate to that if you're not from here is style, because everybody in this room has their own individual style, and nobody's judging them. And it's it. radio. You imagine how good we'd be if we were on TV? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. A, wow. You know what? I got a good name for you. How about the, like Clio, Clio CL10? That would be another... Nice I like name that. for a line. Yes, we could, we like could work on that. They, now we'll this, work on that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I add something sure. to that comment? That, uh, you know, you probably tend markets like I do to sell to these boutiques, and the boutiques are always looking for something that nobody has, something unique and stylish, and uh, they, they want the new thing that they're the ones on the block that right. carry that product. So I think it's an edge to have something that... Definitely. Nobody else has. And, and we wow. only launched less than a year ago. So that's a reason, a lot of the reason why we've had such explosive growth is people relate to our idea and the quality of our product. And then we are the new hip thing on the block. Yeah. And let me ask you both something. You started these companies. Um, I think, Lisa, you actually mentioned this in, uh, earlier, but the idea that you have to understand that in the first two or three years, maybe it's, it's going to be a lot of work and not a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I say that <laughs> in a very sad way. Um, <laughs> there's more money going out than coming in, and I think anybody starting a business has to know that at least three years you're going to work really hard and 24-7. And, uh, um, but uh, it's, it's a great experience. It's a great ride. If you're passionate about what you do, I mean, it's so rewarding to see your idea be received by the general public and customers in such a positive way, so it's fun. But in terms of waiting for that payoff, Financially, I think three years. I mean, I'm just starting to feel the, you know, the, the waves or the air of change in my company. I can feel things happening. So, yeah, I think I'm right there. And that's exciting to hear because we're definitely in the middle of that working 24 <laughs> hours a day phase. And it, it's definitely rewarding and exciting to be in it. And you can see the growth coming, but 
there's definitely a lot of more money going out than coming in definitely. at times. For me, what's the most <laughs> satisfying part about running my company because I sell to boutiques is that I get a lot of reorders from existing boutiques. So it's complete confirmation that they love the product line and they order quite a bit when they do reorder. Um, so that, that to me says it all when I have a customer who seeks me out at a convention or market that I attend to place a reorder and say that, you know, the, the product's fly, you know, flying off the shelf. It's, it's a good pat on the back to say, okay, all of that work was worth it. I, I bet. The, uh, now, yeah, this is the part we call the checklist where it's part of the show where we ask you a little question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application or such. I, I wanted to ask you, just, um, I want to start with Lisa. Ask, um, where, where do you go to, for advice? Where do you, is it, um, is there certain people, certain, what do you do? Would, uh, you have a sounding board? I go straight to the treadmill <laughs> with one of my best friends. She's an advisor who I have had um, by my side from the beginning. She is steady, I say steadfast. She has sound advice. I like to say that I'm the champagne inside the bottle and she's the bottle and the cork holding me in because <laughs> I have a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and she'll keep me steady. And so we, we have our business workouts at the gym. We'll sit there for about an hour and, you know, throw ideas out and then she'll uh, kind of keep me grounded on track. She'll say, you know, there, there's so much opportunity for businesses that, you know, you can't do everything. So she keeps me very focused and very narrow and said, let's just work on the biggest and best thing that's in front of you right now instead of the 400 things that you can do on a daily basis. And in a healthy way. Most people do this in a bar or something. This is very good. <laughs> well, this I sometimes <laughs> do that. Sometimes do it in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sterling, let me ask you. You're, uh, you're a pretty young guy. You were 25? 25. How yeah. much sleep do you get? Well, I would get more if I still didn't have a social life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you to get rid of that. I thought yeah. that was a... When you're 30, you're going to get to date again. Don't worry about it. This yeah. will be fine. They, um, it's, uh, now we're going to check our inbox, and that's where our producer picks a question that's coming from a listener. Uh, uh, Grant, uh, what have you got? Peter, we're just going to go with total style questions. Today. Oh, good. They both came in on Twitter. This one for you, Lisa. From Sarah Gromko, who's actually a great musician here in New Orleans, who asks, I have a serious etiquette question. Do you have an option for wearing with a halter top? I have three styles. Yes, I have halter, racerback, and traditional styles, and I'm now coming out with a multi-way designer strap. So, yes. This is all of getting, it's a lot of engineering involved, at least from my perspective. Yeah. It's very tricky. So on a halter, it would be? It goes around your neck and wears, you know how women wear bathing suits that yeah. tie around the neck? It looks just like that. It's, a it's one of my favorite styles. Wow. Here's a difficult one for you. This is from someone on Twitter called Laniap Matic, who says, Hey, I have a big round head. What sunglasses will not look terrible on me? <laughs> well, any of Cruz. But uh, outside of that, I, I would try out the LGD that we have, which is a Clubmaster style, a little wider, or uh, Charles or the Fly OS, which are both kind of Wayfair-esque stylings. And what is the rule of thumb there? Is it your, your, if you have a rounder face, you don't want rounder glasses? Is that how it... We actually have an amazing fit guide on our website at crudeoptic.com that kind of goes through all of the phases of what will look best on you. But there's really three face shapes in three sizes. And based off of that, you can kind of guess what would look best on you. Wow. There's a science to this, too. Boy, I feel like I'm on Cosmos or something. <laughs> this is really great. Now it's uh, time to pay it forward, and that's where we ask our guests to generously 
use their experience and expertise to help an entrepreneur with a, a new or small business. And today, we're talking about Pied Piper Pest Control. It's owned by Jeff Addison. You've probably seen the trucks around town. He's a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program at Delgado. Uh, Jeff's business is killing bugs, and he's apparently pretty good at it. He has three employees out in the trucks, and he's adding a fourth, and he's, also, he's looking at selling around $650,000 worth of extermination this year. Um, that's, a lot, that's a lot of bugs. Jeff thinks he could do better. He thinks he could do a lot better if his business skills were as good as his bug-killing skills. He feels he doesn't have the revenue yet to support a full-time business manager, but he knows he needs to get someone else involved if he's going to grow his business. And Jeff writes to us and asks, should I search for someone who can meet with me regularly, uh, keep me on track, and to grow properly? Is there such a person? And uh, Lisa Sterling, I'm, I'm sure you've grappled with this issue as well, uh, working in your business versus working on your business. Um, from your own experiences, where would you advise Jeff to turn for business support to grow his company? And Lisa, I have to start with you because you have apparently found that person, but how did you find them? I don't know if this relates at all back to programs such you know, locally, such as the economic development groups that are available um, in the different parishes. I just had a meeting in St. Tammany with their economic development group, and there are so many resources available. That if I, I wish I had known that when I first started the business, how many resources there are here in our local city and in the individual parishes of entities that want to help you out and want to see, and want to see you succeed. So bringing your problem to them, telling them you probably need somebody with a, a little bit more business experience. They could maybe uh, suggest somebody or assign yes, somebody. They, you know, it's amazing how, how much you can get just by networking and having lunch, just like this lunch. Um, I have invited people to lunch with me who I've seen on the cover of local magazines and read their story and there was something that's, that hit me that I thought could be valuable. So I call them up and say, hey, you don't know me, but I read your story and can I treat you to lunch and can you share some ideas with me? So sometimes it's not just one long-term advisor, it's a collaboration of different people who have been very helpful to me. I, I earlier in my, in my early stages reached out to somebody who I knew was in the accessory business and I knew nothing about going to um, these markets. I didn't know terminology such as line sheet or keystoning. There were things that were, I was clueless on um, importing. So um, I invited that person out to lunch and um, Which and is why you need this treadmill friend. Yes. Is, uh, this is all. Yes. You wow. Do you have to take him to a really nice place or do you? Um, uh, no. <laughs> okay, all right, that's, we have to check. That's you promised them that that's going to come later. Oh, okay, yeah, so okay. You say two or three years down the line, I'll <laughs> treat you to a nice lunch. <laughs> now, Sterling, what about yourself? What do you think, uh, what would you recommend? I can see, you can see his quandary here. He's very good at what he does. but and I definitely agree with Lisa that just asking, people love to help when you ask. Is it other business people, other yeah, entrepreneurs? Yeah, other people, people in your industry, like people that you respect or look up to as a brand. Um, or as a company, uh, but more importantly, I, I think we're both components of the Idea Village here, and I think a lot of people think that you go to the Idea Village for them to build your company, where that's not what the Idea Village right. does. They connect you with people and advisors through their programs, and I personally have an advisory board and internal members of my team that I really respect because they have age on me, and I think that that's important, just surrounding yourself with smart people that you're going to respect their opinions of. And w when you talk about this advisory board, I guess sometimes you might think, well, geez, these, these people in your business might view as competition, but for the most part, I'm always kind of surprised that they're, they're 
willing to help. They sort of see themselves a few years back and... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the same concept of just asking. It's they, they want to, if you have a great business and they can see the legs and the passion that you're putting into it, they want to be a part of that. So it's just you being an advocate for your own business or brand. And I've always thought that was really one of the great things that's happening in New Orleans. Now that we're getting all this, mm -hmm. this new businesses, you're getting all these new people that want to help. And uh, kind of the ecosystem is starting to be developed. Yeah. So that's, that is great. Can, can I ask a question sure. about Sterling? Um, I don't have an advisory board. I have friends who are advisors or business acquaintances, but not a formal one. And I've, I was curious how you set that up and if they're compensated or they just volunteer their time. Uh, there's different levels of compensation. Uh, most of my key advisors have equity of some sort, uh, limited amounts of non-voting equity. Um, but I just asked. Um, Richard Mumby, who's on my board, was the marketing director for Guilt Group and Bonobos, and then Brent McCrossin, who does Audio Socket, oh, is sure. a personal advisor of mine, and I have some financial advisors and some other things, and it's just to help me grow at the rate that we're growing and not make mistakes. And I knew that I needed that because I was younger when we started, but I don't know if everybody needs that either. I know a lot of really successful companies that don't have advisory boards at a young stage. Because we've had Brent on the show, he's a very cool guy. He's probably doing it just for the free sunglasses or something, right? <laughs> Brent told me to say hello. Oh, actually. good. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa McKenzie, Sterling Barrett, you're both taking the inspiration and creativity that comes from living in New Orleans and marketing it to the world. We've certainly done it before in New Orleans with music, food, and cocktails, but locally-based fashion that has mass appeal is a new avenue, and I wish you every success, and I'm really looking forward to keeping up with both of you. Thanks for joining me and Out to Lunch. Thanks so Thank much you. It was so fun. Terrific stories. The, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Sterling Barrett from Cruda Optic and Lisa McKenzie from Ula Bra. To find out more about Sterling Shades and Lisa's straps, follow the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. The flamboyant Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast or you can listen to past shows and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One mixing production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Era Studio monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at PreSonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm going to put on my Cruda Optic sunglasses, switch my bra strap to my afternoon activewear look, and head back to the office. I look forward to meeting you again next week on Out to Lunch. Till then, around the table here at Commander's Palace. Be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments.